Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. Hi, this is Rod, in honour of Bo, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport from the Eurosport green room in the aftermath of the match of the men's tournament so far. Nick Kyrgios going down in four sets to Grigor Dimitrov just before we get our teeth and our claws into that one. I must first back reference uh, the lovely Rod uh, and the tribute he has paid uh, to his dearly departed dog Bo in our intro today. Thank you Rod for being a supporter and for doing it in uh, in the name of your uh, lovely faithful friend Bo. But we move on to Matt's tennis. David Law alongside me, Catherine Whitaker, David... <laughs> was in commentary for how many sets of that truly thrilling match between Dimitrov and Kyrgios? Uh, I had the pleasure, privilege of doing sets two and four of that match. And both of them both of them just incredible particularly the um the, the fourth set w- was one of the one of the best sets i've commentated on i mean just in terms of sheer fun and drama and brilliant tennis and ridiculous retrieving and uh, audacious shot making i mean for, oh, for, for anyone that wasn't watching david and and why weren't you watching if you i mean i, I know people have lives and jobs to do um but uh, if you weren't watching, just just the, the vague narrative of, of the match was Grigor Dimitrov went up two sets to love, both very, very narrow sets. Uh, and then Kyrgios fought back in the fourth one at six games to three. The first two were tie-break sets. Yep. Kyrgios fought back, uh, won the third six games to three. Uh, it looked like the five-setter, the big comeback, was on it went to a fourth set tie break and somehow, somehow Grigor Dimitrov <laughs> managed to uh, convince himself that the worst wasn't going to happen and uh, I mean, wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, f- first and foremost, if we take it from the start, Kyrgios came out as I love to see him like that sort of freshly hashed chick with all the sort of fluffy hair and all the excitement and bouncing and on his tiptoes. It didn't last long though, David. It did, well, the, the thing is, he threw everything at Dimitrov for about five games. And Dimitrov just soaked it up, 
soaked it up and just stayed with him. And to me, the, the biggest story of the match was the evolution that this signified of Grigor Dimitrov from what he used to be. He used to be Kyrgios. He used to be the, the shot maker who everybody oohed and aahed about and got on all the highlight reels, but actually never really put it all together to, to convince and, and produce results that that talent should suggest he should. And here he was, formerly prime time, Grigor, becoming this, this reliable winner at the end I mean there were some wobbles in there don't get me wrong I mean you know he served for the I think he served for the for the second set um at 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 5-4 and and tightened up horribly just as he did in that ATP finals match against David Goffin and then the same thing happened when he was trying to get over the line at the end of the fourth set but he still won and you could see on his face throughout the latter portion of the third and for a lot of the fourth, that you, I, I felt like I could see the thought process of, I'm not going to lose this from two sets of love up, am I? I'm, I can't, this this can't happen, can <laughs> it? Oh my gosh, is it happening? No, 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 it can't be happening. Oh my gosh, it might be happening. Yes. That's, what it, that's what it felt like. And somehow, in you know, I know Joe Conta talks a lot about catastrophizing. I felt like I could see the catastrophizing on his face. It's almost as luxurious as a position being two sets to love up is it's also the most precarious position you have everything to lose it's either great or it is the worst possible scenario which is losing from two sets to love up and I felt like I could see all of that going through the mind of Grigor Dimitrov and running through all of the the other times when he's lost from winning positions and lost when he should have won and and I'm so impressed that he he found a way to come yeah. through that, particularly the way he found a way to do it in tie breaks. You yes, know, against, because that's tough against the biggest, one of the biggest, most the, deadly well, servers. One of those, and, and, and the gutsiest server as well. The, probably the bravest player in, in tough tie break situations. Okay, bravery doesn't always pay off, but you know you're playing someone that is just going to, that, that's not going to tighten up or show signs of tightening up they're not going to play it safe when the going gets tough he takes more risks Nick Kyrgios and I am he's um, he's shown me something I I didn't think was there yet from Grigor Dimitrov I didn't think was there this tournament I, I picked Kyrgios to win um, who'd have thought that Kyle Edmund would have been my <laughs> my best prediction <laughs> this men's tournament? Yes. I mean, wow. You nailed that one from, from the start. But I, I, my reaction to it at the end was that was life-affirming sport that we oh. just witnessed, both in terms of its brilliance... It sport-affirming sport, um, yeah. And the way in which they... they greeted each other at the end I mean I, 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 I'm filling up just thinking about it I mean the way they just sort of took each other's faces in their hands and just delivered these truths to each other these well we don't know what we, they, we, they haven't come into press yet and you I'm know sure they will they both be asked well tell, other, tell, the, tell, the, tell the me then David tell I mean, me well, what, don't give me a transcript what I'm reading uh, for, is, is that Kyrgios was saying to Dimitrov believe believe in yourself from here you know sort of you can uh, the gist was you can do you can win this thing now and and I mean I just think it was lovely he patted 
Dimitrov on the back on the way the way past when he was leaving the court. Dimitrov was giving him a round of applause and trying to get the crowd to make sure that you know it, just all of that. It, it was, was everything, wasn't it? Especially it was everything, given that they had gone toe to toe and they had been really the, the throwing only, it all. The only thing more you could have wanted from that match was a fifth set, and I know you didn't because you were commentating the fourth. <laughs> and a commentator always, or a good commentator. Uh, always wants the the climax, don't they? Always wants the winning point, and I'm very glad for you, David, that you got that. But selfishly, I wanted a fifth. Well, set. I mean, look, I wouldn't <laughs> have minded watching a fifth set. Who who cares who's commentating on it? Uh, it was a treat to be able to call the end to, to it, of course. But that's the other thing it did is just underline how there is nothing like a best of five set match that ignites like that there wasn't a, a lull it was all there and long live best of five well, set we, we can't ignore the fact though David and we, we will get called out on it if we don't touch upon it that, that what also was there was some questionable behaviour by Kyrgios people have different takes on it I personally am less sort of offended or affronted by it than somewhere but I've heard a lot of commentary tonight I've seen a lot on Twitter a lot of criticism of Nick Kyrgios's behaviour his uh, particularly his behaviour directed towards the box for me it was pretty reminiscent of stuff that that Andy Murray has uh, been guilty guilty of in times past you know there were there was him shouting at his box for not being vocal enough and then when they start being vocal he shouts at them to, to sit down what are you doing you're being far too vocal um, and there was lots of stuff about the string tension, which he thought was his box's fault in the first couple of sets. I personally think it was all on the right side of the line, and it—it's it, what he needs to do to keep himself loose. You know, uh, it might not be all particularly edifying, but it added to the drama, and I think it all remained largely, or no, entirely, really, on the right side of the line. But I do see. I do see the issue. I do see the issue because, because you know, I look at my 12-year-old nephew and he thinks Nick Kyrgios, he copies everything that Nick Kyrgios does and I wouldn't necessarily want him copying the way Nick Kyrgios was behaving as much as I understand it and I think it's fine, you know, for me as a, a 31-year-old adult to look at. I, do, I see the problem and, yeah. I, do, I you know, I... It's interesting. I don't know, I mean, you know, I want Nick Kyrgios to be Nick Kyrgios and I know, mm. I know that... How he how he behaved tonight in the tennis court was probably the best way for him to bring the best out yeah. of himself. He needed to do it, but equally, you know, I do see the boring argument on the other side yeah. that these, if, these guys, whether they invite it or not, are role models, and you know, yeah. All of well, that. there's no question. I, I was, I mean, where I we commentate, I was at the opposite end to the the player box that he was directing his his rants at, I and mean, we we saw all the body language that you know the you could tell he was shouting something, and I couldn't hear what it was. But if I had been watching that on TV with my six and seven year old, they would probably have said to me, "What's he doing?" And you what know? would you have said? And I'd have probably said, "Oh, he's just being silly." <laughs> you know, I'd have probably said something like that. Um, you know, because because you're the right. Next time they're being silly, they'll start shouting at you about yeah. this well, string this tension the on their racket. But there's no question. I, I I wouldn't really want them to behave like that necessarily. But. And it's Just really difficult. Cut, it's you know, not. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to yeah. give him a hard time because no, it's human. It, you can't make these people into robots. That everybody's different. And I feel, if it is as you've described it, that it, also that it was the right side of the line. And and look, I'd rather concentrate on the fact that this guy 
has in fact both of them I, I described it to Leon Smith in my view this, this match was a win-win because you have one guy who's bursting out from his disappointments and, and, and failure to deliver on his talent in, in Grigor Dimitrov and to become regardless of whether he ends up winning a slam he's doing the absolute utmost with what he's got now he's been totally professional maybe his nerve will ultimately fail him and, and he won't be able to deliver he has got issues with that but he is doing his best now to deliver on his talent and meanwhile you've got Nick Kyrgios who is letting Australia know who he is and that is fundamentally a decent fella, really. I mean, he's an idiot sometimes. But he'll always he's be a complicated. He'll always be contradictory. He'll never be black and white. Um, we must accept that about him. But yeah, I complete. I completely agree. Win-win. I, I just felt if we didn't touch upon it, no, uh, we, that's perfectly know, fair enough. Yeah. But I tell you, just just as a word as well, some of the shot making that I've seen tonight <laughs> and some of the movement. I can't quite get my head around. I was describing some missile forehands from from Kyrgios, and you could see the look on what, his face. How are you getting what, to what, these t- balls? T- t- what adjectives did you resort to, David? Give so, me a selection of your vocabulary. Uh, well, between Leon Smith from- and, I, and I, it, most of it... I mean, honestly, we, we, I think we spent one game just laughing at every stroke that was hit because you've got... Dimitrov somehow manages to contort his body and slide into balls and get to stuff that you like... That's not that's not possible, surely. And then it's the it's the sheer gambler's nerve of Kyrgios when he's under the most pressure to just roll up to the baseline, belt a second survey down the centre, break point down. And and honestly, the only reaction it. is to I laugh. Absolutely love it. I, yeah. He thinks nothing of it. Yeah, but it's the only way he can do it. It's bluffing, isn't it? It's blo- It's not that he's not nervous. There's, there's it's like he's trying to fool cur- himself. Cur- courage isn't not being afraid. Courage is being afraid and doing it anyway. Yeah, he and laughs so in the face it, of fear. It's yeah, so that funny. Is, that is. It's not that he's not afraid. It's not that he doesn't want it or get nervous. It's that he. It's the only way he knows how to cope with all of those things. Yeah. So. Well, we've just had Mats Valanderhin here just a moment or two ago before he left saying just marvelling at it he was talking about the Miami match between Kyrgios and, and Federer and match of the year he said yeah, and yeah. regardless of whether Kyrgios is your thing or not I'm sorry he makes the sport better he does he absolutely does I'd l- I can't wait to find out what the Eurosport viewing figures were for it because yeah. yeah I mean if, if, if we can have a match like that every slam will be doing just fine yeah. um, and uh, Grigor Dimitrov now takes on Kyle Edmund who had his own four set tussle against Andreas Seppi over on the high sense arena could, very similar could very easily have gone to five you know not not quite the same high octane stuff but pretty decent decent match a very very impressive Yet another coming from behind victory for Kyle Edmonds, setting a breakdown for him, yeah. and uh, he completely turned it on. And he's really, he's playing it down in everything he says, in press and everything. But this is a a one eighty transformation for him. He was coming to be defined by being a guy that lost the tight matches, by being a guy that would be in winning positions and lose or as soon as it went to a fifth set you knew he didn't have anything left to give he has completely turned that on his head and defined himself certainly this tournament by winning the tight matches by digging deep and finding a grit 
when he's behind that he's never shown before. He might he might be playing it down and doing the the, the pre- professional Joe Conta thing of talking about the process and I'm not doing that much different. Something is different. Yeah. Something is he, different. He's found a way to to bring out his best, hasn't he? When he's when he's struggling and to to improve and to not go away and the way he lost that first set I mean he was clinging on all the way through that first set he, he had five break points to save in one game he served his way out of it he got into the tie break he lost the tie break and you're just thinking Sammy Seppi was playing beautifully he was he's absorbing he's a beautiful player yeah. Andrew Seppi really I mean I know I know he's rarely truly spectacular he has had spectacular moments he's had them against Nick Kyrgios here at the Australian Open he's had them against Roger Federer here at the Australian Open but he doesn't He's never had as much limelight as he deserves because he's so understated and uh, and unspectacular. But he's he's a very smooth, pleasing yeah. player to he watch. He was just redirecting Kyle's big shots and turning his power back on him. But uh, but Kyle's power in the first set and a half wasn't what it usually no. is. He definitely and and I don't necessarily think that was a physical thing. It was very easy to put it down to physical. I think he was physically okay. I, I suspect it was nerves and tension. Well, that's, I, I, I thought at the time it was physical. I thought he's drained from the five setters. This is all new to him. And he's just he's run out of gas a bit. And he's just trying to hang on. Then Leon Smith came in our commentary box. And he'd been courtside watching in part of the camp. And he said, honestly... I, don't, I think he's fine physically. He said, he said exactly that, what you've just said, that he it's a huge deal to him, it's a huge occasion, and the nerves were there, and they inhibited him. And, and he went and, a second and, a breakdown, and but he worked up. his way through it, didn't he? He's setting a breakdown, you loosen up, you hit through it. He found that forehand. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, he... Let's be honest, Carl needs that forehand to, to be able to win through because because if not, if he's dropping balls short at all, if he's giving the opportunity if he's giving opponents the opportunity to get the ball onto his backhand, it's not a terrible backhand, but it will break down in the end. If if the ball is consistently getting onto the backhand, what he needs to do is hit that forehand so hard that it's not coming back. Yeah. It's not coming or back that, or onto that the it's backhand. Coming, it's popping up for a clean winner well, exactly, the next one. Yeah, and he wasn't doing that in the first set and a half and and he looks a bit impotent and then suddenly suddenly he f- the, I mean I'm sure the stats are available if you have them all to hand or if you work for IBM or something but I'm quite sure there was an extra 15 miles per yeah. hour on, oh, that, on that forehand no, he started to bully I mean he, he said himself once I edged that second set I took over and that's exactly what he did now looking ahead I said in commentary that I could see Dimitrov being a better opponent for him oh, than Kyrgios. I 100% agree. Yeah, we had him in the studio tonight on Eurosport and uh, it, 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 it wasn't a live production. I knew it was going to run later, which was a bit awkward because we were filming it at the time when Kyrgios and Dimitrov were... I mean, they were midway through the second set. It was anybody still at that stage. But, of course... The, you know the biggest question to ask him was to look ahead to the next match and it was a really tricky one to to deal with and I desperately wanted to ask him who would you prefer to play but you and I both know David that tennis players never give a good answer no, to that question they don't it's answer just, that one <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's, it's the question you want to hear the answer to that the player will never give a good answer to yeah. um, so I, I, I didn't bother and uh, I, I uh, just asked him whether he'd be watching and he said yeah when he got back to his hotel assuming it was still on and I think it probably still was but uh, I agree with you I, I think 
I think Dimitrov's a better matchup for him. I think he, I know he lost in Brisbane, but he was though, right with him. He though. was right. He was he absolutely was right, right with him. him. Um, I think he's up to it physically, uh, uh, mentally over five sets, maybe against somebody of Dimitrov's quality maybe there's issues but I, I think physically Carl's up to it this I think the occasion is a big question mark. Yeah, Dimitrov you- knows what this is all about the, the only thing I would say it, it's, it's also different when you feel that you should be winning these matches and we've seen Dimitrov have problems this week on Absolutely. that court against lower ranked players so- oh, I, I, I absolutely think I think that's a factor for sure I'm going to be very interested to see if they put that night session Eurosport will certainly be requesting it to be night session because obviously for us that's that's better viewership I'd have for thought it to not be. to be honest Nadal yeah. Chilich I'd but have thought N- that would be night session I would have thought so too but Nadal does like all other things being equal he does prefer a day session um, I, I haven't looked ahead too far in the fall I don't think anything brutal is forecast weather wise for the next few days I'm going to find that very interesting I think to 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 find out what they do scheduling-wise for that one. Because I suspect probably whatever Nadal asks for, he'll get. Because um, mm. if he wanted night session, I think he's only played night session once. I don't know. I, I would have thought that Australian TV would be a big factor here. Um, but so that, is American regard. TV. And I I think the third day session match is the biggest one for American TV. I'd, I don't know. If it was curious, it would be night session. Mm. Yes, for sure. But um, yeah, but I, I await eagerly but Nadal we've given away the fact there that uh, Nadal plays Chilich in the quarterfinals both of them coming through four set battles and I think they were actually battles Nadal's battle against uh, Diego Schwartzman obviously got a lot more attention because he seemed to be cruising setting a break up and suddenly here comes Diego Schwartzman in fact I think it was a break up twice I think <laughs> he, he was amazing oh, I love Diego Schwartzman <laughs> I love him and I know commentators and pundits and us lot get a bit of criticism refer- for referring too much to his height but it is significant it he's, is. he's listed as five foot seven which is a biggest <laughs> lie <laughs> he's nowhere I mean, he, near that it's not look five foot ten is short for a tennis player it's short enough to to you know on occasion be worth referencing he is substantially shorter than than any other top level tennis player isn't he he's you know okay there were the Rockus brothers but they've not been around for a while there was, there was Michael Chang but first I, th- I think he's a bit shorter than than they were. I mean he is well, he's, I mean Olivier Rockus was 5'4 I would say he's marginally five, sh- smaller five, shorter sorry marginally five, taller five. I'd say 5'5 five, five. somebody's given him two inches that <laughs> yeah. frankly he doesn't and I, ju- and I know look it, uh, we all know that height height matters in tennis there, there is a there is a law of diminishing returns you know I don't think a, a seven foot bloke would would uh, get on t- too well but you know the height is a factor and he he is pound for pound a top 10 tennis player yeah. for, I mean probably a top 5 tennis player and I love his attitude I love his attitude crowds love him as I well, love the way they? he plays I just I mean Honestly, there wasn't really a moment that I ever thought he was winning that match, but no. I loved that he was trying that yes. hard, and I loved that he was finding a way to believe, because Gasquet against Federer last night, I don't think he ever thought no. he was winning that tennis match, not, not, not for slightest. a moment. Not in and, the slightest. And, and that's really disappointing as, yeah. a, as a viewer, but and I, I do think been... Diego Schwartzman 
found a way to con- convince himself to believe. I'm afraid today. that has been one of the disappointing factors of Richard Gasquet's career. The fact that he hasn't... I'm not even sure he's that bothered, to be honest. I think he wants to have a good career and and, and he wants to push to a certain level and probably not beyond it. Um, so that's your quarter-final lineup in the men's. Yeah, Chilich coming through against uh, Pablo Carreño. But so it was a good match. It, again, it, there, were, there were moments. It, with the four-set tie-break, it could have gone to five, but it always just had the flavour of a Chilich, Chilich win. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't see every single minute of it, but it, 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 it always felt to me like a, a Chilich win. He's playing well. The courts suit him here. I think he might prefer day session I don't know mm. the hotter I think he'd take either I mean he's a good player Chilich but the movement against Nadal is a big question mark I think he'd have to come out and play US Open 20 oh, whatever year it was without 14 question but style. Just, just a quick quick thing Nadal was nervous today mm. he was really nervous so if Chilich can find a way to to realise that that could be a factor certainly early on you know and not let Nadal race to a quick lead and settle down if he can find a way to capitalise on on early nerves which I think will be there then he, you know he could be not necessarily onto a winner but I think that's probably his best chance um, just just very quickly before we start talking about the, the women's matches from today on the subject of dare night sessions David we are going to see Roger Federer in broad daylight tomorrow. Do you think he'll set on fire? Or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, I'm, I th- I'm pleased they've done that. I mean, I think it's the right decision anyway. It is when you look at the matchups the right as well, decision. Roger Federer against Martin Fuksovic. I mean, he's done brilliantly well. Yeah. Um, Hungarian guy to ranked 80 in the world. I've not seen him play, you know. I don't think I, I've seen a few points here and there but not much uh, 80 in the world from Hungary um, they will be third on the day session tomorrow and Djokovic against Heon Chung will be the night session yeah. and that is absolutely the right decision it is selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. 
Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. On the women's side, what we've seen today is a three-set victory for the glorious single-handed backhand of Carla Suarez Navarro. Yeah, I love the way she, she was asked, you know, um, how did you how did you come up with this, this backhand? And she just sort of says, oh, I don't know, I just started playing when I was nine or ten, and it just felt naturally. I just, I just sort of went, swish, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> it's funny that, you know, they, Roger Federer says he wouldn't teach his kids I know. a single-handed backhand. I find that do you think he's just being... Desperately disappointing. Maybe just a bit bashful. What do you think? Do you think so? Maybe. When has Roger Federer ever been bashful? Well, you know, you've all got, everybody's got to be a little bit sometimes. Anyway, they? Carlos Suarez Navarro will now take on Caroline Wozniacki, who is Who's getting pretty better. brutal today against yeah. Magdalene. Magdalene Rabarakova did seem to have a shoulder problem which was affecting her serve towards the end. But in all honesty, I don't think that had much bearing on the result of that match. I think, was it six love second set? Uh, I think it was yes, a six-love so. second set, yeah. yeah. Magdalena Rabarakova, of course, the Wimbledon semi-finalist. She, that coming back from match point in the second round against Jana Fett Wozniak, for Wozniacki has been the best possible thing for her in this tournament, I and think. And she could still win the title, there's no question about it. Elise Mertens also through to the quarterfinals, so that's a great story. The other match we've got on the court at the moment looks like Alina Svitolina is going to beat Denise Ralatova. That's one set to love as we very join lucky you. that they got this match on court, weren't they? Because yes. apparently they have this midnight cutoff for starting matches on the Rod Laver Ruin. Oh, yeah. It's never been properly tested because the uh, Daria Gavrilova Elise Mertens match the other night started at 11.59. So uh, Tennis Australia weren't forced into an awkward position and, and luckily the uh, Kyrgios Dimitrov match didn't go to a fifth set so they were able to get this one on court and Alina Svitolina is obliging as we watch a uh, a first set highlights reel which is all Svitolina just yes. pounding her way through She's had a couple one. of close ones. She's starting to look the business now as well. Can, she has, yeah. Can I just say, we're uh, on the way into the, 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 the Eurosport green room where we sit right now, which is <laughs> deserted apart from us now because everybody's gone home. Alex Karetcha just came up to us and, and he, he said he'd got approached earlier in the day and said... Are you Alex Karetcha? And he sort of said, yeah, yes. <laughs> and, he's, you know, you're thinking, oh, but world number two, Grand Slam. He said, I heard you on the tennis podcast <laughs> yesterday. It's my favourite anecdote ever. <laughs> we are delighted by that, of course. We are. I'm sure imagine. the same is happening to Naomi Brody as we speak. Unquestionably. Um, she's now in Stockport. Any she's other... getting stopped in the street. <laughs> I don't think know. she is. I think she's on a pretty miserable plane home from Australia Probably, David yeah. um, any other business any other things to report I well, like the look of the women's matches tomorrow well, what, Garcia what against Keys to oh, start crikey, off on yes. Rod Laver oh, and I'm on the early early shift yeah, so I get to see I love that. that and then Brilliant. it's uh, Kerber against Shea and I, I think Kerber's winning that but Oh, we, did, we didn't get a chance to talk about Shea against Radvanska if no. you get to see a couple of the little oh. highlights from that match 
the, some of the rallies were just bonkers. <laughs> they were she, great. She outran Vanskid Rad Vanskid. That's did. the line that Joe Jury gave me earlier. No, and, it was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I loved it. So um, I think, David, if you've got nothing to input, I mean, the, today's tennis is sort of spoken for itself, hasn't it? It kind it? of it's, has. It's a day that's all about the tennis. I, although I do have to say I was quite alarmed uh, to see student Matt sending us the... Uh, the tally of how many people are voting that you are going to win our rematch as 21 5 in your favour. <laughs> Who were the five? Who were the five? Well, I was one of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I That's voted amazing. for myself. Obviously, like the politicians do, you know, when they vote for their own party. Oh, yeah, there's a picture of you at the polling booth yes, slotting, exactly your, right. uh, yeah. slotting your ballot paper into the box. Uh, on that bombshell, uh, we have been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport, with Melanie Bowes, with Triple S, with TennisBalls.com, with Charlie the Ferret and his lovely mum, but mostly with Charlie the Ferret, uh, and with the Manga Club, responsible for the forehand that is... Uh, going to be unleashed. Going to be unleashed and going to win me that rematch. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. 